The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. From the Ron Miller Race Car Studio, this is the Hammer Down Racing Report. And now your hosts, Scott Hammer and Ron Miller. Welcome, race fans. Hey, my microphone's working this week. Huh. We fixed that from oh, last week. Oh, and you've even got a cute little red... Uh... Yeah, I think it's because uh, our afternoon guy is uh, ill, and I think uh, one of the other jocks were in here and kind of covered it because they did... I figured they, th- they think that that's going to... We call these mic condoms, is right? What we right, call these. right. So and, maybe uh, they're thinking that that's going to protect them. I don't know. Yeah. So so now it's all germ laden, and you're yeah standing right there. See this? We got the Lysol. <laughs> We've been using this, so we're we're good. See. <laughs> Scott Hammer, uh, Ron Miller, Hammer Down Race Report, show number seventy four. Uh, with us tonight, Scott Schultz, GM of uh, Toledo and Flat Rock Speedway, is going to talk about the upcoming seasons there. Um, and I know Ron in a hurry tonight he wants to try and get out of here so we can uh no no we, we've got all of that handled okay um, well that's right you got people I've you're got, big you're I've, so big now you have people yeah i I've, I've got them there's no question about that load in going in at the uh woodland mall for yes, the sir. race cars on display yes, this weekend we'll be doing a live show out there tomorrow night at seven and we got some brand new equipment our engineers that's, got us we're the guinea pigs for that's, it that's going to be fun scott it, it, it really is it'll be interesting so come on out if you want to be on the show Maybe, and even if you don't have your car out there, come on out with me. We'll yeah, now, now Scott had on, on the Facebook page that uh, if you had your car down there, you know, we were going to be talking to you. But uh, if you're a racer and you want to talk about your, your car owner, your sponsors, come on down and talk. We're, it's it's Facebook Live, so we're not on a deadline. Starts at 7, and we plan on going till 8-ish or, or 8-30-ish or till people are done talking with us. So we're live uh, tonight from the Ron Miller Race Car Studio. If uh, you want more information on how to listen to us, because there's all kinds of different ways, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Google Podcasts, iTunes, YouTube, and, of course, Facebook Live, stop by HammerdownRacingReport.com. It's got everything right there. It's your one-stop shop. I know it's no surprise, but I do follow a few uh, political posts. and yeah, that, uh, is, that is pretty surprising. Yeah, and I... <laughs> iHeartMedia is loaded with them, Scott. Yeah, they're it, the number you, one you podcast. Fo- we just uh, surpassed NPR as the number one podcasting company in the country. Well, and, and probably largely due to Hammerdown Racing. I'm sure that's it. Of course, <laughs> that is. Of course, we're leading the way. We were one of the f- not, we, we, we were one of the uh, first ones, but we, uh, we're not like a nationally acclaimed. Um, not, not acclaimed. Well, we're not nationally claimed either, but we're not we are, nationally though. promoted. Uh, their big thing is the Ron Burgundy podca- podcast uh, with uh, Ron Burgundy. I wonder we if do Ron, not say Will Farrow. We say it's Ron Burgundy. I wonder if he I wonder if he has listeners in Australia because we do. Ron Burgundy? Yeah, I don't know. We do. We do. Yes, sir. That's true. And he's episodic. So, anywho, uh give uh, Ron is, Miller is, a that, is that a radio term, episodic? No, it's like a programming term, like a TV. It's episodic. Okay. okay. It's kind of like that. It, Sometimes you amaze me, Hammer. No. I drank my coffee earlier this morning. <laughs> um, 
Ron's busy, but uh, give him a call anyway. Ron Miller Race Cars, 734-856-7223. Uh, he's got race cars, parts, safety equipment, service, everything a racer needs. And, uh, um, yeah. And we've got room in the shop until tomorrow morning when... Is my car in there? No, but it'll be in there tomorrow <laughs> <Okay>. morning. <laughs> there have been a whole bunch of cars in there getting ready for the Woodland Mall Car Show. And they didn't have time for mine. And now they're... Sad. So, so sad. So stop calling him. Don't call 734-856-7223 because he's too busy. Don't you believe him. <laughs> if you want something done, call a busy person. Uh, going to bust through... That's uh, why we've got Scott Schultz yeah, here. Let's get through a, a little bit of news uh, here before uh, we, we start talking to uh, Scott about what's going on at Flat Rock in Toledo. I mean, actually, I, I have... See, you were late and I forgot to turn my phone down. That was my bad. Oh. Very unprofessional. Uh, breaking news uh, right before uh, we came on tonight reports that Scott Bloomquist, Dirt Late Model o- Driver. Official from Dirt on Dirt, yeah. which is a pretty reputable source. He was injured in a motorcycle crash, and he remains hospitalized with serious injuries. No other details other than that on his exact condition or the timing of the incident. And uh, I guess the, the the several articles that I, I read, including the Dirt on Dirt, said he's going to be out indefinitely. And, and uh, which will uh, mean he'll probably miss his first Lucas Oil uh, series event, which is this weekend at Atomic. Yeah, uh, I think he missed something back. What two thousand thirteen? Sorry, okay. yeah, since two thousand thirteen. I had to handwrite all that. See, that's how breaking news it was. It was after I printed my prep. That's amazing, Scott. I know that you can even read your handwriting. I can't after. really. I just it helped me remember what I wanted to say. Oh yeah. 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 Um, World of Outlaw, NOS Energy Drink, Sprint Cars uh, action this past weekend in California. Remember, they're uh, in California throughout the, the month of March. Right. Their uh, Friday race at Thunderbolt Raceway was rained out. But uh, after a brief rain shower that interrupted heat race action on Saturday, Ian Madsen led the entire distance of the feature for his first win of the season and first ever at uh, Thunderbolt. The series uh, moves to Silver Dollar Speedway in Chico, California. Speaking of, of Australians, that, that would be Ian Madsen. And uh, Stockton Dirt Track in Stockton, California on the 16th. Was it uh, Saturday and Sunday? Ian Madsen, he's uh, Australian? Yes, sir. Know? Okay. Shouldn't he be racing in Australia? Then? Isn't the racing season still going on down there? Uh, it pays better here. Well, okay. It's all about the bucks. Put a shrimp on the bobby. Uh, Martin Truex Jr. was unable to uh, run down Kyle Busch late in the cup race at uh, Phoenix ISM Raceway, otherwise known as. Uh, It was Busch's first cup series win of the year. It puts him atop the point standings. And uh, it was also, they were making a big deal about how uh, it's his 199th win among the top three NASCAR series. Right. And trying to compare that to Richard Petty's 200 wins, which are all in, In in the cup series. and. I don't, it's a different time. It's, it's kind of, I mean, I'm not a Kyle Busch fan, but I don't think it's real fair to kind of make those comparisons and then he's got to kind of defend it or not defend you know, but it. But I would like to see a race between Kyle Busch, Richard Petty. I and, think that uh, Kyle Busch would kick his and, ass and, about and, and, if it was today. And Dale Earnhardt Sr. Well, well yeah. Well, that would that, be a fun race to watch. That would be interesting. Now, would it be in their prime, though? Richard Petty yes, in his sir. prime. Oh, Dale, absolutely. Okay, yeah, absolutely. I got you. I thought you meant absolutely. like right now. No, no, okay, no. Okay, I got you. I was, I was understanding you. Nope. Scott, um, we were asking last week, ISM Speedway. What does the ISM stand for? Do you know? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> oh shoot! <laughs> I know it's. I know it's still owned by International Speedway Corporation. International, but I don't Speedway. know if that's a sponsorship. 
Uh, I believe it is a sponsorship, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. And I and don't go, I think it might be a computer company of some type. Okay. Uh, uh, but I, then again, I we we talked about it on the sh- from all we of talked that. it on last week's show, and uh, I forgot to look, and obviously Mr. I Hammer I, forgot I, to I, look. He would have jumped I, right. I down. wasn't really that interested. Maybe one of your listeners can tell us. Well, we asked last week, and nobody did. But Chester uh, says doesn't uh, indefinitely mean forever. I believe it means. Uh, until further notice. He's out until we hear differently. That's right. About Scott Bloomquist. Well, he was he he was suspended indefinitely too, right? At one point. At one point. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, forever is just that. not as long as it used to be. Yeah. Uh did you see the uh the initial start of the cup race on on Sunday? I did. Where there was uh an issue where uh who was it? Uh, Chase Elliot? Elliot, yes. Beat uh the other got, guy got, True. To the, <laughs> got to the line before he was supposed to. I didn't put that in my prep. That's why I don't remember now. But yeah, he beat uh, because uh, the pole sitter was uh, uh, Blaney, wasn't it? Blaney. Yep. Younger Blaney uh, spun his uh, wheels. It looked like, and so Elliot beat him to the line at the initial start. And because it's a black and white rule on the initial start, you can't beat the uh, pole sitter back to the line. You are penalized. So. Kind of a tough deal for him. So Elliot should have spun his tires. He should have. Yeah, I'm not really sure what you do there. Hit the brakes and stack up the field. I, I don't know. I don't know what the correct answer you is. You know, there. some of those rules have unintended consequences, and and I kind of like uh, how we do it at uh, at Oakshade. When it's green, it's green everywhere. You got folks. the restart zone. If you're in there, when the leader fires, you go. If he spins his tire, too, too Shame bad. On him. Whoever gets back to the start finish line for it doesn't matter. When it's green, it's green. There you we go. We love that rule. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, IndyCar action, uh, they kicked off their season this weekend. Did you know that? Or this past weekend, I should say. In California? Florida. Oh, okay. Other warm place. Joseph Newgarden, he picked up uh, the season opener win there at the Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg. Ed Jones hit the wall in uh, turn number nine, was clipped by another car while sitting motionless against the wall, and he ended up with a small fracture on his uh, ring finger, but he should be able to continue competing with the... uh, with a splint on there. I don't know. Those are IndyCar guys. A splint on your ring finger could be an issue. I, I had to bring that up because I wanted to, I couldn't wait to hear what you were going to say about that. <laughs> and you knew there'd be something. Next race uh, for the IndyCar uh, series is the IndyCar Classic at Circuit of the Americas in Austin, Texas. I believe that's, uh, that's where they're going to have the Formula One race. Is that later this year? Uh, I think because yes, it, it was like the same yeah. day as the Texas NASCAR yeah, race. Yeah, I believe it's uh, later, later in the year. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Arca Bernard Series. It's up there a little closer uh, to your heart there, sort of. A little of. bit. A little bit. Uh, they visited Five Flags Speedway for the first time in years, and Michael Self was able to win his fourth series win, and the first on the on a short track. Uh, the next race on the Arca schedule is uh, at Salem Speedway, April 14th, for the Kentuckiana Ford Dealers 200. Is that what happens when you put Kentucky and Indiana together? Yes. Kentuckiana. I like that. Is there, uh, is there, is there Ohio Anna? No, Anna? but there is Michiana. Oh, there is. You're right. Yep. Yeah, there's several groups that were named that right. over the years. Uh, other racing news here. Uh, got an update from Ryan Weekman from uh, WTOL Channel 11. He's busy tonight with uh, the storms. Yeah, it looks like that. Oh, I'll bet. Yeah. If you're listening to us on iHeartRadio, they probably already passed, so don't worry about it. But uh, Ryan Weekman is going to be back uh, doing his weekend weather pit stop. Uh, the racetrack forecast starting next week in preparation for the season opener in Attica Raceway Park. So Ryan will be back. Okay, I was excited. Well, I thought maybe you were going to give us a, a, a quick look at what Attica looked like for next week. It is too too early. It's cold. It's cold. 
Yeah, you just never know with that race. Shane Helms of Waynesfield Raceway Park has uh, released the the, uh, uh, four special event dates uh, that they're going to be doing this season. Right. Did you hear about those? Uh, The dates include, of course, uh, we already mentioned this, Sunday, April 7th, the uh, Fast Wing 410 Sprint Cars and the NRA Sprint Invaders uh, 360 Sprints will be in action. That's going to be the opener. They're only running a, a few events this year with Shane Helms doing the uh, promoting. The next uh, event after that's going to be Wednesday, July 3rd, which is going to be the Jack Hewitt Classic featuring the Buckeye Outlaw Sprints, Wing 410 Sprints, most likely the, the Fast Series, and the uh, NRA Sprint Invaders. Then they have uh, Friday, August 2nd. So we go from a Sunday to a Wednesday to a Friday. It's going to be uh, Friday, August 2nd, the Rick Ferkel Classic with Wing 410 Sprints. Uh, Saturday, September 7th, will be the Bob Hampshire Classic, and uh, he's working on something new and exciting for October, a fifth event, which uh, could possibly be Saturday, October 12th. Not sure what that's going to be. Okay. Now, isn't, uh, correct me, isn't there a a Jack Hewitt Classic maybe at Eldora? It was at, uh, I believe it was at Atomic. Okay. Or one of those other tracks. All right. But yes. It was at a different track. There, there was, and now it isn't, and, and it's at Waynesfield. This year. Okay. So uh, we hope to try and get uh, Shane on the show and uh, talk more about uh, that. Maybe we'll ask him about uh, things uh, with uh, Mill That other place. That other place, yeah. <laughs> It'd be an interesting story there. You know what about Scott, that other place, Scott? Mm, no comment. Okay. <laughs> I know I do not know anything. I just... But I can the, tell I you, know some of the past history. I can that. tell you for sure that Scott is good friends with the track owner. This Scott? Yes. Scott right here? Scott Schultz? Mm-hmm. Scott Schultz. Wait, wait. I don't even know who owns it, to be honest with you. I really oh. don't anymore. Oh, well, you, yeah. oh it's, it's still Greg Rowe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know Greg. Lucas Oil Late You models. baited me right into that one. Well, <laughs> <I> didn't say <laughs> anything. I'm just back sitting in, here. They're back in action this weekend at Atomic Speedway, the Buckeye uh, 50, I believe it is, uh, down there by Chillicothe. So right. racing starting this weekend in Ohio already. Uh, hopefully, if the weather cooperates. Then they're going to be uh, at Brownstown Speedway in Indiana. Jonathan Davenport leads uh, the Lucas Oil Late Model Point Series by 40 over Tyler Erb, former guest on the show. And as we mentioned, Bloomquist probably not going to be in action this weekend. Still no no yeah, word. Dirt, dirt, is, on, dirt on Dirt emphasized the fact that they were serious injuries. Yeah. Right. So uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully not too serious. Right. Uh, Daniel Suarez and Michael McDowell fought after uh, qualifying at Phoenix, what's your opinion on that? It was a good race. No, no opinion about the qualifying issues uh, where they were saying you know, they were I, holding I, each other up. But. I, I didn't see what led to that. I know that uh, Suarez went down to another racer's pits and McDowell. Yeah, they had it out. I heard they went to a, a hockey game. Really, like, like the night before or two nights before. I don't know, maybe it was an ECHL game. I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm going to help you out. Moving on here. <laughs> <laughs> that, worked, that worked. NASCAR, NASCAR announced the uh, 20 nominees for the NASCAR Hall of Fame class of 2020. Uh, there's going to be six first-time nominees, including Sam Ard, Neil Bonnet, Marvin Ponch. Yep. Panch. Panch. Marvin Is it Panch? Panch? Okay. Yep. That one I wasn't familiar with. Uh, Jim Pascal. 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 Okay, you should be reading this. Tony Stewart and uh, Red Vaught. Did I get that one right? I don't know about that one. I did some some research. I've heard his name pronounced that way before. I did research on that one. But, uh, yeah, and then there's 20 other names, and if you really want them, I got them all here. You can read them. Really? 
Uh, Rockingham Speedway, we've been uh, talking about that. They're going to be undergoing some improvements. It's going to be renamed the Rock Speedway and Entertainment Complex. Improvements uh, will include wastewater and water extension, a pedestrian bridge, repaving the speedway, upgrades to uh, speedway facilities and uh, dragway, bathrooms, grandstand repairs, erosion control, all in an effort to bring back NASCAR racing to the track. Last time they hosted a uh, NASCAR event was 2013 with the Truck Series. And you know who's going to fund that the uh, state of north carolina yes yeah so i it's a ball i'm sure it's still bouncing i was going to ask you about that because there are very few speedways in the united states that uh are supported by government funding the the state of indiana and the state of north carolina obviously the heart of stock car racing the heart of open wheel racing right uh very very tremendous supporters of auto racing to what extent i can't tell you but I do know from a uh, from a political standpoint that the government is involved in several uh, projects that go on at uh, actually at some Indiana short tracks even uh, really in addition to Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Well, and, I, I would imagine uh, uh, I would imagine North Carolina doing the same thing. Which uh, and I read the article, uh, Scott, that, that you're alluding to is one of the uh, congressmen has put it in the budget. Mm-hmm. Or it's the governor. I'm sorry. I, th- yeah, I believe yeah. it's the governor. Yeah. The in, governor in, has in, added in, it into his budget. So. In Indiana, I would imagine the Oval at Route 66, which is just outside of uh, uh, Chicagoland Speedway. That's in Illinois. Right. Uh, I would imagine. It's very possible. Very uh, possible. That, that's a beautiful facility. Beautiful facility. Well, supposedly they're going to make this. Top notch is what it looks like, and, I, and I'm sure if the governor's involved, I'm and by reading all the improvements they're talking about, it sounds like they they want to make it a palace. And they actually do have an event scheduled for this year. It's uh, not a racing event though; it's uh, going to be a uh, epicenter festival, I guess is what it's called, featuring the Foo Fighters, Judas Priest, Corn, <laughs> Evanescence, Tool, Bush, and Rob Zombie. I had okay. to bring that up just because I wanted to mention at least some of those bands on, say that. on this show. <laughs> yeah, I've never gotten this. Had to have an excuse. That's going to be in May. Fits right into Hammer's genre. Yeah. I thought. So uh, basically showing off that uh, the facility can be used for more than just racing. It's like Well, big, and as it should be. Yeah. Super you, huge. Lots have of you parking. considered rock concerts, Scott? Well, they've had them there. <laughs> We've had country concerts there before, but we don't pretend to be uh, concert promoters. We've got enough of problem oh. trying to promote races in this day and time we live in. Um, Back before but, ARCA took over... I'm guessing it was a yeah, Sunny Adams in the days. Yeah, like when Sunny, Guns and Roses was there. Track. Sure, but you had no Huntington Center. You had no Sylvania Terrace. So you take the Huntington Center as the number one mid-major concert venue in the country. And look at the acts they're bringing in. They're doing a phenomenal job. Right. Just a phenomenal job. So you can't compete there. Well, there's nothing in uh, downtown Toledo, right. really, that's not and being the terrace, done right. The terrace out at Sylvania is run by, surprise, the city of Sylvania. So they don't have to fight themselves to get all their permits and all that. Not that we do, but you don't have to go through all the government red tape. And they have a permanent light stage and sound system. And that's a big, big expense to bring in as a temporary thing. Because we've done it before. Uh, You know, we had Rascal Flats when they were just up and coming at at Toledo. Uh, Peter Frampton, uh, Edgar Winter, and things like that. And we had nice crowds, but not enough to pay the bill. So tough nut. You know, it is very tough nut. And if you don't know the concert business, you know, it's just like anything else. If you're not versed in what's going on, you better walk over there and watch. <laughs> and <laughs> but it might they, be they were great to watch, but you know, this area is saturated. You know, and then you go to Detroit and my gosh, there's three, four, five places up in there. So you're within ninety miles of like five key places that are bringing in top acts. So for us to even think about it, 
no competition. But guess what? Toledo Speedway is available if somebody wants to promote a concert. So, oh, there you go. I don't know anybody that wants to, but at the moment, but thinking to get a hold of you for that. Yeah, we've yeah, had a couple calls. Your, oh, really? You know, but uh, but again, you know, they got to provide their own you, stage you, and everything sure, else. Okay. Sure, you know, we would lease the grounds to them, but at the same time, you know, it, it's our reputation. Period. So. You gotta you gotta make sure you've got everybody uh, vetted as you go along, and uh, there's, there's a lot big, of wannabes. There's your big break in promotion, Scott. Nah, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Formula One race director Charlie Whiting uh, died after suffering from a pulmonary embolism on Wednesday morning in Australia. Speaking of Australia, uh, they're set to kick off the Formula One race season with the Australian Grand Prix uh, this weekend. Whiting was 66. We're talking about deaths in Australia. Uh, Bert Vosbergen uh, and his son Craig has has raced here. Uh, huge going away party actually for him. Uh, the, it, it was very impressive, and uh, I raced with Bert a few times over there, and uh, quite an interesting character. Uh, one other thing, I just kind of want to touch on. We're going to have to go into this some other time. Okay. And it's probably not something you're really into, but we actually have another uh, uh, Shaggy who helps me uh, announce yeah, out at Oakshade right. sometimes. He does a podcast f- on esports. I don't totally understand all these. I mean, I understand what it is. I don't get the appeal. My kid does. He loves it. But uh, uh, online racing is becoming a, a pretty big deal. Right. With uh, iRacing, they have their uh, NASCAR peak antifreeze iRacing season, and I guess it's been going on for uh, 10 seasons now. It's the only officially sanctioned NASCAR eSports series, and they have a prize pool of $100,000. There is a stadium out in Las Vegas that is built just for eSports. Really? I saw it when I was out there in October on vacation. Uh, And again, like you said, I don't fully understand, but it's all about gaming. Big place. You know, it's all about electronics. Uh, Decent-sized. You know, but what they're you, doing you is... You watch people play right, a game. Right, you watch people play the really? game. So, so they so, sell tickets so to it. So it could be a spectator Yes, event. that's what it exactly that's is. Really? It's stadium-style seating. They've and had this the, on TV, too. Uh, yeah, I'll right. say the playing field or, or yeah. where everybody is, where they're sitting like, on their computers like and all that. like a stage or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And everybody's sitting up in a stadium, you know, with deck seats. And they're selling tickets to it and selling beer and hot dogs and everything else. And they're getting TV off of it, too. Is, um, and this is my question: Is could this be the future of racing? It's probably could, a lot cheaper. Could it be the future of everything? That's true. You know, everything's going to be virtual. It, so these things have taken over us and every everybody and anything that is relate. If you walk or breathe, you probably are somehow affected by that. And, uh, I would think. You know, and and we can have that conversation later too. You know, I mean, I think we did last time I was here, but you know, that's our biggest enemy right there. That is our biggest enemy, not just for auto racing, but for every industry there is. You know, it just, uh, it, it consumes people. And um, I'll just, real quick, I'm sorry to get my, okay. my political soapbox here, but a couple years ago in The Blade, uh, talk about change, no more Monday, Tuesday, opening up the papers, you know, uh, electronic only. And I can tell you that I'm not a fan. Of what? The E-Blade. Oh, okay. No. And so I'm a guy. I wasn't a fan of their terrible commercials for you're, that. <laughs> you're a little bit older than I am, I think. But, you know, Probably. I like to read the newspaper. That's one of my hobbies. Right. You know, and Ron Dreger is the same way. We love to read the newspaper. So, you know, that's a big blow for us. But a couple years ago in The Blade, there was an article that 50% of the kids 18 years old do not possess a driver's license. Yeah. I, they don't have time. 
and, and you talk to more and more people, and they say, well, yeah, my nephew doesn't, or yeah, my, my daughter doesn't. They Google each other. They talk. They face they FaceTime. They right. Facebook. They don't yeah. need to see each other. And then the other problem is, is that the interpersonal relationship, face-to-face, they can't talk to you anymore. They don't know how to communicate because this is how they do it, by punching in numbers and names and smiley emojis. Hold on, Scott. And I got to tell you something. Exactly. Yeah. I can't talk to you even <laughs> though I'm right here. You know, you know in, in in our little part of the world, I am thrilled that so many sanctioning bodies are bringing in junior late models. You know, the, sure. the, the front-wheel drive classes. They aren't race cars. Right. And that's they, what happened they, to us with our four-cylinders. They weren't intended to be race cars. No, but it was intended to get people involved. And we had 24 to 25 cars when we first started out, but within three years, it just it, five years it faded away right but um, uh, i i am thrilled that they're putting kids in yes in real real race cars that teach real driving skills uh well they're they're and they're racing against each other right i think that that is a very key and obviously the cost factor i think we talked about it probably the last time you were on i really don't like racing against 12 year old kids i don't ever i don't i can understand i don't that. forever want to be known as the guy that hurt or killed some 12 year old uh, whether it's How would ra- you think the twelve-year-old would feel if he did that to you, though? Yeah. Would that be okay? Be like, hey, I kicked the ass of the, this guy. He was the, like hundred yeah, but, years old. But you're right. The guy but on the other hand, Ron is right. You know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Do you want that? And I'll be honest with you, from a promoter standpoint, that's one of the reasons you don't see a lot of promoters that do allow kids of that age to race. You but know, now there's a lot a, of junior racing classes, like you were saying. Right. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, you, it's, you being, have, it's being forced. And I really appreciate those. And you, you, I think you're right, Ron. I really do. I, I think it's right. You're running against each other, kids of your own age. The safety equipment is top notch these days. And if you know you adhere to those rules and things like that, and I know the CRA group, um, the cars are are way scaled down. It's a six hundred two. Right. It's a six hundred two crate. Right. You can't do all the the spec shock, spec springs, rev limiter gear. Right. Yep. Nine inch treaded tire. You know. Uh, talking about uh, the CRA. Junior yeah, we're having them. Uh, we're having them yeah. flower. Because matter of fact, we're hosting the very first race ever for them. Uh, Good April transition. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, and then at Toledo at the Glass City, they ask us, and I see. I said you. I said right now. I tell you, my boss isn't going to put them on the half mile. He goes, No, we're going to run a quarter. Really? And I said, Well, you know what? I said that's okay. I said. You know, good for you. I'm glad. I'm glad you didn't have that thought of putting them on the half mile because we're not interested in it <laughs> at all. Now, you better bring two sets of fenders. But you know that's okay. But again, this is great for these kids. Oh, it, it they're really going to run Anderson. They're going to run Flat Rock. They're going to run the little track at Toledo. I think they're running uh, at Dixie, up in Michigan, mm-hmm. and I don't know where else. Uh, I think they're running Bearfield and the three eights. So you know, yeah. and I don't know their whole schedule. So I apologize if I left your track yeah. out. But on, on um, Mav TV, I've been watching a fair amount of the out speed, in California. On the that's where it all 51. started. Correct. And uh, I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, it's been going on in California for a number of years, and that's where this idea came from. And and I think the timing is right. Uh, as long as it can be administered properly, and CRA will do a great job with that. They do a great job with what they have now with their two uh, uh, late model classes. So I think. You know, I, I think it's the right thing to do. I'm trying to scoot my chair in. <laughs> Sorry. How, how are those races with, with the kids? I mean, are they... They are really good. You are know, they competitive? Uh, are they hitting each other? I mean, what, I, I, don't, I haven't seen any of them. I may have. The first time I saw them, I thought it was adults racing. Okay. Uh, then the winner got out and <laughs> hopped up kid. on the side of the car. I want to thank my mommy and my daddy. <laughs> that, 
you know, and you say that, and, and we're running bandoleros. We're trying to right. start the bandolero class at Flat Rock and work, working with uh, Spartan Speedway and Lansing. And the greatest thing in, fortunately, I only announce about one night a year, and I happen to be announcing that night. And I know the kid's this high. You know, he's three foot nine, you know, or whatever like that. And I'm telling the people, boy, what, you know, this kid is, this kid's about six, five, you know, I don't know how he fits in that car and he comes out and he's like that. And like you said, right. I'd like to thank my mom and that, you know, <laughs> but, but it's, and it's great to watch these kids and it is, and to see the reaction of the people. And that's what we need. Their car that's control what from, from what I've seen out in California. Now you'll have the occasional spinner, but, um, sure. That, that'll come with experience too. Uh, Car control is great, uh, and unfortunately, maybe it's from these kids doing the eye, eye racing. But uh, well, even the, guy, the NASCAR guys are getting into this. You, you hear that? Stuff. You hear that? Yeah. They they've raced. Dale Earnhardt they raced that used to track do it. On, well, way Chase back Elliott in junior. Used to say I mean. that. Yeah, all of them. I, I raced the track on you know whatever the name of the yeah. game is. Um, you know, it's just uh, esports or whatever, whatever the name is. But uh, you know, it's like I, racing, but you don't get that feel in your butt. You still can't, you two can adhere to that, and so can Kathy, you still can't replace being at the racetrack. Oh, absolutely. It's you the know, sight, it's the, the sound, sound, and the, the smell. smell. Absolutely. And that will never go away. And, uh, <laughs> but what are, what are, you know, what are, all of us, our job is to try to sell that. And it's tougher every day, and it's not going to be easier. And, you know, look at bowling. Look at Little League sports. It just the numbers are way down. Look at the Boy Scouts and the Girl Scouts. You know, uh, well, Girl Scouts can be in the girls can be in the Boy Scouts yes. now. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. When we were <laughs> <in> the, <laughs> <you're> <laughs> kidding me, um, but you know, those kind of things are all the things that we fight right now as an industry. And it's not just our industry; it's the entertainment industry. It's everything. Uh, high school sports, junior high sports. I mean, you know, the participation level is way, way down. It's just way down. And look at football. Football is at a crossroads when it comes to the small, you know, the well, the and, youth, and the it is. Football. There, there are a couple of states that are talking about banning yes. tackle football. Yes, that's I've heard that too. That's because insane. of the head injuries, right? So, so yes. where do the universities, where do the colleges come from, or where do they get their? What's their pool? They play online. They start playing computer so, games. So, you're right. It's Madden, and and you know, everybody says, well, you know, when I was that age, we did all that, and. I'm just listening sometimes, and I'm thinking, boy, you know, I'm, my mind is not in the right place when I'm thinking about this. <laughs> right. But here's the thing, and the human person or athlete today is bigger, faster, and stronger than we ever were at their age. And I'm talking about high school. Yeah. Uh, I coach high school basketball. I have for 25 years. And you just look at these kids. uh Okay, I know I can outwork them, and I always, I always will. That's the way I played. But as far as the talent level, it's just you know it's unbelievable. And you know the things they do now, and we were laughing. Uh, I'm just the assistant coach and the and the varsity coach. We were talking about that this year. You know, we don't run gut busters at the end of practice. You know, like we used to. Right. You know, used to, all right, get on the line. You got ten gut busters tonight. You know, um, you know. Now it's it's graduated through. You know, and that's the way. The progression of athletics has come. Well, but, I'm uh, sure that all of us can remember uh, when they introduced the three-point rule, and yeah. you know, boy, that was a that was a big deal. I wish they had it when I played. Yeah, <laughs> and, and now I mean, it. And that's what kids watch on TV. That's what kids play in their electronic game. 
So as we're teaching and watching these young kids come up through the CYO ranks and the elementary and junior high levels, what do they do? They stop at the three-point line and fire it up. They don't know the mechanics. And that's that's a place where, and I'm only speaking of basketball, but that's a place where some of the game has been lost because what do they watch on TV? Fire it up. Yeah. Fire it up. You know. And so, hey, I can do that. When I was their age, I couldn't. I couldn't shoot the ball that far. <laughs> right. That's exactly right. Now, uh, bringing it back to racing a little bit, to, yeah. to get into the uh, the CRA Junior Late Model Series or something like that, before that, I mean, what what, what would you recommend they do? Like go-kart racing? I know we have... Yeah, I uh, think go-kart racing has been a staple in, in the It seems to be a pretty big in the, in yeah. the world. And, really. it's, and it's actually getting really big again, especially in this area. Uh, years ago, and I'm going back in the... 80s flat rock used to get 90 to 100 carts every sunday i think i remember Uh, that there was a group called pka uh kevin greer and jason sanderson ran the pka cart group at toledo just uh after we took it over and in 99 when ron and roy bought it and they were still getting 65 to 70 carts and things started to go downhill some of it was management um little you know conflicts of interest and he said, she said, and it started to go down a little in bit. In racing? And There's a lot of politics in go-kart racing. Yeah, <laughs> there is. You're right. Yeah. Because, it, because it is. Uh, Everybody wants to get the advantage. Right. right. So that number started to drop, and now it's 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 not real strong around here. The dirt is pretty decent. Uh, right. But there are more and more uh, coming in. They have more choices now, too. You know, They have more choices. The, there's Legends cars, uh, although they're not as strong around here as they are in some other areas of the country. Uh, again, we're trying the Bandolero thing. We had the four cylinders for a little while, and we're we're. I thought we were the last of the Mohicans, but we're not. We're we're down to fourteen now, uh, for any of our divisions for figure eight, street stock, late model sportsman, or the enduro class. Uh, late models, you got to be fifteen, uh, and you have to prove yourself too before we let you get out sure. there. Uh, and we're making them start scratch. We let them qualify, but we make them start scratching their heat. And the feature until we see that they've got it. And uh, had a kid from Windsor that came in, and he was 15 years old, and he was started at the back and was rookie of the year the first year, and then he won the championship the last two, the last three years. Uh, you know, those those are the that's the stepping stone that we need. Um, but you know, like I said, I thought that you know we were the last group to allow that age limit, but there's a lot of places that still don't allow them, and for and rightly so. You know, I mean, rightfully so. Do you know what the uh, age range is for the the CRA junior late models? The junior late models is age ten to fifteen. Is it ten? Okay, right. And they ten do to a, fifteen. Yes, okay. they do allow fourteen and fifteen year olds to run both the crate, which is the Jag series, and the CRA Super Series, which is a full blown super late model with a template body. But you can't run either one of those. You have to choose what you're going to do. So if you're in the junior late models, that's where you got to stay. You can't dabble. You can't go up and go run two crate races and then come back and run the junior late models. So there's keeping them all together in one basket, which I think is a good way to start. We're talking to Scott Schultz from ARCA. Um, Scott, Flat Rock and Toledo Speedway. And, and Toledo. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't sorry work for ARCA that. anymore. Yeah. Um, do we'll I through re- that too. Yeah. Do I do I remember seeing 16 year olds running in the ARCA Super Series? Yes. And there's like it, a ton of. They're all kids right. now. Yes, they are all kids. You're right. 16, 17 year olds. They can't run on a speedway over a mile and a half. I so. Uh, they What's can, the minimum age then for that? Uh, 15. Okay. 15. 
So uh, David Gill to run on a speed super speedway. Oh, super speedway is eighteen. Is it okay? It's still eighteen. Yep. Anything a mile and a half and under, they can. And don't quote me. I thought it was a mile, but it might be a mile and a half. But uh, anything over that, it's eighteen years old. Uh, so so David, Haley David, Deegan can't run on a super speedway yet, then, until next year. She, I don't she's remember. 17. She's going to race at Toledo. That'll be her first race. Yeah. Uh, I think she's 18, though, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe she's only 17. She's 17. But um, David Gilliland's kid won the ARCA race. Harrison Burton, uh, who I'll tell you, that that's the next superstar right that there. That kid can and race. And that, that is the nicest young man you'll ever meet. Uh, he won the ARCA race at Toledo here. We've right. been very fortunate the last two years we've had those kids win those races there, and they're already up and running and gone. <laughs> Uh, which yeah, is they pretty don't stick cool. around very long. No, do they? They, they don't. Kinda... They don't. And you know, the sad part is, and you know, I mean, I'd have to sit here with a piece of paper and look. But how many kids, you know, they get their taste in ARCA, and then all of a sudden, or, or you know, a little bit of truck, and then they're gone. You know, because they went too quick. You know, they don't have enough experience, and they need that extra year. But money talks. You know, and if you can buy that sponsorship to get in a truck which they're readily available believe me boy they are uh, there's readily available and well it's there's almost a, there's a few of those in xfinity too it's almost the case where if you have a sponsor and there's another driver that's maybe has more skill but doesn't have a sponsor Correct. or sponsorship money attached to him the team was probably going to look toward that guy with the sponsorship depends what your funds are and yeah. what your what the sponsorship is on your end and you're right you know if you bring a sponsor that can which uh, kind of sucks keep it and but, but again, again, but the world's money, changed. Yeah, yeah. You know, the world's changed. In the in the seventies and eighties, uh, I worked for Monroe Shocks, and I went to all the IndyCar and, and quite a few other stock car races. And Bob Seneca was running then, Tommy Ellis, and I'm just thinking of Sterling Marlin came in and things like that. But a lot of those guys, they had buddies that had cars, you know, and so they would run four or five races, you know, and and that was the cool part. I always went to Charlotte, so you got everybody went to Charlotte in those days back in the early eighties. And, you know, but there was cars and it was, they were readily available. It's easy to put an engine together or go buy one from somebody for whatever it was. And, you know, you could go run, but you can't do that today. And, and again, it gets right back to, like you said, the sad part is it gets all back to sponsorship. And as you said earlier, Ron, it's all about the money. That's well, let's, it. let's talk about uh, what's uh, on tap this year at, uh, at both Flat Rack and Toledo. Uh, which one, which way you want to start we'll at? T- we'll do Toledo first. Okay. Um, we're, we're real pleased with our schedule. Uh, probably put more effort into the schedule i don't want to sound like we just said nah in the past but uh in really concentrating the last three years we've only had 10 events and that's what we have this year but uh six of the 10 events are marquee style events big time events uh big uh investment for us as far as uh, bringing in a touring series and so we're going to put them up on a pedestal and we're going to so it's like all special events then uh, for the most part yes six of the ten um we've created a couple new events which we're pretty enthused about and excited we're going to start right out of the box real fast the first two saturdays april 20th and 27th are big shows uh the first show is the twin 100 late model which we've done in the past it is easter eve and uh, we're going to start at four o'clock and uh we have a new sponsor speaking of that we have ross mortgage coming in and pnc bank and uh the cra late models will be there and then our uh our outlaw late models will both run 100 laps and then the following Saturday is pretty neat. And here's where we talk about times change. We used to run three, four outlaw or uh, um, open wheel races at Toledo. This is right. our only open wheel race of the year. Uh, it's Saturday, April 27th, and it's uh, the Hemelgarn Super Fitness um, Raleigh Beal Classic, which is very dear to all of us from Toledo. Oh, absolutely. What a great guy he was. What a great guy and, and a great racer. I can. I was just a kid, and I remember uh, – 
Mr. Markham used to run about four USEC sprint races at Toledo, and uh, boy, those were the days. You couldn't get a seat, and there was 30 of them at Toledo or 35 of them. But uh, we're running the USEC Silver Crown cars, which have been at Toledo about six of the last eight years, and they put on a phenomenal show. I really like them, and they are on the upswing. They are doing a very, very good job. Levi Jones, a former racer and champion, mm-hmm. is now in charge of that group. He's done a fabulous job with them. Um, and then, for the very first time, and again, speaking as things change, we're going to run a non-wing sprint car race, 50 laps, with it. Uh, the wing sprint car event for short track promoters in the tri-state area has become very, very difficult from a business standpoint. Uh, I don't want to call it a failure, but okay, let's call it what it is. And, and it's um, a shame because I, it really, is. Oh I miss that show, the the, fast, the fastest short check. Oh, my uh, goodness, we talked show. about that. that we uh, ran that for 18 years. That, that's uh, a, that was an amazing yep. we show. We ran that for 18 years, and it was just it was wonderful at one point in time. And I guess what we're saying right now is everything runs its course. And, and it has. Uh, and we hung with it probably about three years too much. And the pendulum swings both ways. You're right. You're right. It does. So, and not to diss short track uh, uh, stock car people, but the open wheel fan is very knowledgeable. Very, very knowledgeable. And they aren't coming to see 12, 13 cars running around a half mile. I understand. Even though we broke the record and Brian Gerster ran 12.09 flat footing it. And I'll tell you what, you want to talk about not breathing. I just walk to the back and hold my breath and close my eyes, and he goes by, and you just hear that thing sing, and it's just amazing. Yeah, it uh, sure sounds good. Oh, boy. But um, those people won't come to watch those races anymore. They won't come to watch 12 and 13 Super Modifieds, and honestly, I, I we understand that. So we're taking a different page. We're putting these two together for the very first time. Uh, so you're going to run a non-wing sprint race? What do you do? You call Rick Dawson at Anderson Speedway, who runs the Little 500 non-wing sprint race. And Rick has put together a schedule of five non-wing sprint races after the Little 500, one a month. He averaged between 17 and 23 cars last year at the after the Little 500. So I, we've known Rick uh, for a number of years, so we just picked up the phone and called him and said, we'd like your blessing to duplicate your rules and your purse so everybody knows what's going to happen. So he that'll said, be a tune-up for the little 500. If you want to call it that, yeah. Yeah, we're <laughs> going to give away a set of tires to the winner if he goes and enters the little 500. Okay. So, you know, I mean, you know, uh, copying is the sincerest form of flattery, I believe, you know. So, but Rick is all on board with us. And so this is a step forward. You know, our goal is to have 20 cars for each division. And if we can have that, we think we're, we're on to something. Do you think we'll see any local racers at that event? I don't know yet. Uh, I have not heard from anybody yet. Uh, just, you know, when when it's, and you, you can attest to this, when we have a very harsh winter, things oh, slow way down really and you don't hear very much <laughs> oh, talk Scott, at all. It's, it's been bad. It's been real uh, bad. A lot of our racers yeah, I are, have probably are going had, into panic mode right now. I have probably had less calls than I've ever had before for the last three months. Uh, when it gets really, really cold or we have a very harsh winter or a lot of snow, the communication just stops. Traditionally, um, my business explodes right after folks watch the daytona 500 sure yes and i know uh, what you're talking about this year it's been sluggish yeah. and, and i know guys are it's are coming still though. working <laughs> um you know you're I'm, gonna get slammed I'm, here I'm, if I'm you're pretty, not already pretty active on facebook and, and i see these guys saying they're working but yeah. yeah yeah so we think we're on to something there um NBC has the Indy 500 on TV for the very first time. So the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and NBC have teamed together, and they're coming to tracks 
that run open wheel races prior to the Indy 500, and they're promoting that it's on NBC for the first time. So Saturday or Friday, 5 to 8, Friday night, we're having a classic car show, and we're going to give away Indy 500 tickets. Uh, Donald Davidson is coming into town, the Indy, Indianapolis Motor Speedway historian. He's going to speak over in the bar and grill uh, from about 5 to 6.15 that night. The car show runs 5 to 8. We'll be giving away Indy 500 tickets. We got music and food. Uh, and then at the end of the night, we're going to let them take some laps around the racetrack with their That's April 26th. Cars. Right? April 26th, Friday night. I probably misspoke there. But um, so those those are our first two races. Then we go into the ARCA race, which is, you know, uh, just it's a, it's a great race to watch at Toledo Speedway. It really is. And that's May 18th and 19th. Um, and like and, you said, Haley Deegan's going to be making yes, her ARCA yes, debut and that, there. That, yeah, that's going to be pretty cool. Is that going to get some extra press out of if that? If it do doesn't, shame on, <laughs> shame on everybody that doesn't pick up on it. Uh, she's she's the real deal. She is she a real really racer. Yes. I, I've watched her. I'm I'm very, and she's in the right car. She's in a Venturini yes. car, yep. which is capable of winning the race. Uh, and we spoke to Natalie Decker last yeah. year, so we'll try and get yeah. uh, Haley we'll, in. We'll try to make that happen yeah. for you for sure. Um so there's two events that we have not run before, or we haven't in a while. So Friday night, July 5th, we are bringing the All-Star Monster Truck Tour in, and the hook is we have Bigfoot coming. Really? Yes. Bigfoot's still around? Bigfoot is still Didn't around. Know that. Uh, you know, there's Gravedigger and, and the other ones. Is but, that like the Monster uh, Jam that was just at? Uh, this is a different group. Different group. But, uh, but you group, got a lot more room than uh, the Huntington's. That's the one thing the well, Huntington's Well, and that's what we're trying to sell. Okay. Uh, we've already, we kicked off tickets last Wednesday already, and we are totally amazed at the response we've had already. Uh, real, real good. And uh, we, we did a couple small trade fairs this past weekend, and people came up in our banner in the back says, buy your monster truck tickets <laughs> and your school bus tickets. And, small you know, trade fairs. You weren't, you weren't at Bedford, yes, were you? We were. Yes, we were. <laughs> How did I know that? But, um, you know, they they from my understanding, they just burped the throttle once down here, you know, in the Huntington yeah. Center. At Toledo, they'll be able to get on the gas. We're going to put some dirt down for them, and they're going to jump a school Could bus. that be the beginning of something mm-hmm. great? Not <laughs> Push it out and smooth it out. Yeah, maybe. you want to take all the walls down and buy the place? Sure, you can do whatever you want with it. Um, but um, they're, going to, uh, they're going to jump a school bus with it, too. Uh, so we're, we're really enthused Sideways about that. or long ways? Uh, no, sideways. Oh. Sideways. That's less um, impressive. Yeah. Still kind of cool. Monster but... truck, that'd be pretty tough. Maybe a motorcycle, <laughs> but... Um, uh, so that's on Friday night, July fifth. It is a rain or shine show. That's the way they work. But uh, we're real enthused about that. It's been two. So three it won't years. get rained out then. We hope not. Okay. Uh, the last couple of years, several years ago, when we had one. We had a tornado come through. So oh, that, that's that was a not a pleasant <laughs> that's night. That's a problem. <laughs> and then the, the 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 key show that we're adding, we believe, it's the 60th anniversary of the Little Speedway. Uh, even Ron Miller ran there way <laughs> back when the number 35 oh, Chevy Chevelle. Late models sitting at the back gate. I, remember well, there, there I think I was 10 years there, old there, when there that were, happened. There were some figure eights back prior to the Chevelle, too. Yep. So. You okay, ran figure so eight. I have not seen those. But um, so Saturday, August 10th, we're going to flip with Flat Rock for a night. We were in Flat Rock on Saturdays. Well, that week, Flat Rock will run Friday night with an Enduro and figure eights and street stocks. Saturday night will be our 60th anniversary celebration. What night is that? I'm sorry. Saturday, August 10th. August 10th. We're going to okay. run our Gold Cup late models, 100 laps. We're going to run our late model sportsmen. We're going to run our figure eights. We're going to run the street stocks. We're going to bring them back. Ooh, I like and we're going to run our factory stocks. All features that night, dollar concession night, dollar hot dogs, dollar popcorn, dollar pop. And we've got some interesting things coming up, too. We're still we're working on some people to come back. We're going to invite all the past champions back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ron has already spoken to a bunch of them down at Daytona that he saw. Uh, we're compiling addresses right now and begging people to send us their information. We're going to invite everybody back. 
uh, the racers reunions we do with the sure. big photo books and all that. We're going to do it that night. We'll have it over in the bar and girls spread all out so you can go back and relive your past. Speaking of racers in Florida, Dick Mitchell, is he still around? He is still around. He's 92 years old. He oh, still, works right. on, still works on cars every day, Ron said. Oh. Ron saw him and talked to him. Uh, all right. I just uh, That's one of the very first things Gregor told me when he got back. I saw Dick Mitchell. He called me. Yes. But, uh, yeah, he's uh, something else. So we're really going to hang our hat on that show, and we're going to put forth a lot of emphasis on it. Uh, obviously, we got time to you know, get all that going. And then we wrap up the year again with the Glass City 200. So that's Toledo. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You didn't talk about drag racing. Ah, thank you. <laughs> so we, the street so, drag program is, is that. something that's pretty popular or getting more popular with short tracks around the country. Uh, we tried it last year. Didn't go over. Didn't do what we wanted. So... We're going to stick with it, but what we're going to do is incorporate it into two of our Friday night stock car shows. Really? Yes. So here's the funny thing. We had like only 14 or 15 cars that showed up total. Right. But And a couple of them left on tow trucks. Well, yeah, we'll, we won't go over that. <laughs> but but it made was, a lot of was, news. So we let the people come in to watch. We were going to charge admission, but with that many cars, we didn't, you know, or that less of cars. There were 75 people there watching them. So we're like, let's give them something to watch. And let's let our fans watch the drags, too. So on two Friday nights, June 14th and July 26th, we're going to run our street drag show with it. And hopefully it's mushrooms and grows so we can set it on its separate night again. And we are going to run them their last time uh, on August 21st. We'll run by themselves on a Wednesday night. But um, based on the number of shows we got, those are the two Friday nights where we could push them in to the show. So we think that's a pretty neat idea. It's something unique uh, for sure. Uh some people will probably go down to the beer stand and the concession stand and say, I don't want to watch this. But if we tell them that the first practice we ever had here at Toledo Speedway for the street drags in May of 2018, a guy with a vet walled the vet and destroyed it. And uh, and didn't do the pickup truck any. No, day. he did. He clipped the front end of the pickup truck, too. You know, And, and we <laughs> talked to Greg McCarns over at Madison, who were patterning, patterning everything that he's done. Uh, he's done a great job with it. He gets 200 cars uh, once a month on Thursdays. And we told him about that, and he said, that will kill your car count right there. He said, <laughs> "He said we had that happen, too, at, an, at another track they had done that at. And he said, that will kill your car count right away. So the wannabes and the aspiring drivers, they went, ooh, man, that's my car. I don't think I want to do that. So, you know, how do you tell your insurance guy? <laughs> my car's sitting on the front stretch at Toledo Speedway in a basket. Uh, so, yeah, and, but you know what, that's all. It's just like a stock car. It's part of racing. It absolutely and, uh, is. So, so, yeah, thanks for reminding me of that. So we, we've done that. We, we like doing that. We think it adds appeal both for us on a Friday night show to see what we run, and it allows our folks to see the street drags too. So I got one last question about uh, Toledo Speedway, because you mentioned this last year when we had you in, and I don't remember. Is it called the – was it double O or what is it? When they run the half mile, we that still got that one. idea. Is well, that what it's called? Is it was it double O? You okay. use both tracks. You okay. use the the quarter mile and the half mile. Yeah. Did you ever go up to Mount Clemens and run? I one? never. I never saw. Never participated. Uh, uh, I I saw I, many of them at Mount Clemens. There was sixty three cars started one night. Ornery Don tells me about it because he was uh, stationed up there, and uh, it's unbelievable. That's that's um, what my parents is at. They've saw seen yeah, a race up at Mount right. Clemens. We talked about yeah. that. So we still got that in the back of our mind. Oh, you said you'd have to knock down part of the wall. We got to take down part mount. of the, uh, but we removed all the wiring in the infield now. There are no oh, okay. more. There is no overhead wires in the infield or over the racetrack anymore that has anything to do with power. So, uh, 
uh, there was one right behind where we would have had to take the wall out. So we figured we got to take about 40, 50 feet of the wall out. So as you were coming, but with all your head and neck stuff now, it's pretty tough to see anyway. Sure. But at least you could glance and, and look and see what's coming at you. And and you got to learn how to run the race too. You know, you, you've got to get down the binders. You got to get down through the gears if you're coming off the half and dip low to get onto the quarter. Well, Who's going to know how to quarter, run this? There's, there's nobody get, runs them anymore. Do no. They? Well, what you need, what so you need be a to learning do experience. is hopefully we can find an old tape, number one. And I, I know we can do that. The Mount sure. Clemens folks are great for that. Uh, and two, right. you need to run probably 10 laps, uh, you know, at maybe half speed and just let them, you know, don't get on the throttle. Just, just merge, to get, a, get, get, sort, acclima- get acclimated to it. It's like it. pushing that button on your computer. Uh, merge and sort. So uh, still want to do it, but it's not on the schedule. I will tell you that, but still want to do it. But yeah. it could happen Thanks at some Thanks for time. reminding me of that, too. <laughs> it's on my list, but but I kind of crossed it out because we never got to that point. What kind so, of cars would run that? Uh, uh, well, and that's something we got to decide, too. It, obviously, um, probably would be a combined thing of the figure eights, the late uh, figure eights, late model sportsmen, street stocks, and factory stocks. Uh, between that, you know, you, you need some would you need have an advantage cars. on the small, some would have an advantage on the big track. Yeah, yeah, you would think so. Those yeah. uh, those V6s and the uh, figure eights will really wind them up. And this year, we're allowing the figure eights to run a V8 engine for the very first time. Uh, 602, uh, 604? No, uh, they can build a, a, built, a built V8 to our street stock specs. Oh, okay. So, readily available around. We know the performance band in them. Uh, and it's, not going to be full blown, you know. So we we think we think that'll be good. You can't, and you know, Mr. Race Car Builder and Engine Builder, it's very <laughs> difficult to find V6 parts anymore. Right. And if you find them, you might as well get your wallet out. So, so what do we got going on at, at Flat Rock this year? Flat Rock is Flat Rock is Flat Rock. Uh, Weekly show. We kind of call it the machine. Uh, it's we we've, we've been very blessed and very fortunate. Uh, Weekly shows every Saturday night, starting May fourth. Uh, we are going to start the season though on uh, Sunday afternoon, April twenty eighth. We've leased the track to Motor City Racing Promotions. A young man's name is Scott Menlin. Came up through the Legends cars, and Scott's a friend of ours. Uh, He actually is a very good starter, and he's uh, worked for us on Friday nights and Saturday nights over the past four or five years. He's formed his own promotion company, and uh, he works with the American Ethanol Tour. Okay. With the late models and the modifieds. And Scott runs them for the American Ethanol Group, which which, uh, that that company owns the series, from my understanding. So um, Scott is leasing the track from us. And he's going to bring in the CRA JEG Series, which is at Flat Rock for the very first time. He's bringing in the CRA Junior Late Models, which is for the 10 to 15-year-old kids. And obviously, that is the very first race ever for them. And we're real thrilled about that and thrilled for Scott to have that opportunity. And we're bringing back the All-Star ICAR All-Star Modified Tour, which the last time they were there was about 10 years ago. I was going to ask about uh, There are okay. a lot of modifieds, pavement modifieds around here. We've always wanted to run one, but, you know, I'll go right back to we've been so blessed and fortunate to have the car counts with our late models and figure eights and street stocks uh, at Flat Rock. We averaged almost 30 street stocks a night last year, and I've already given out, I think, 10 new numbers. Saturday nights are kind of tough for me to, to go watch somewhere. I think Scott's in the same boat. Well, let Scott but, run your late but, model, and you come up to Flat Rock. But, boy, if you could get BCSN to be up there for that. Uh, they've declined on that one. Yeah, really? Uh, they got something else going on, I think. Oh, that's but, a shame. Um, we're enthused about it. Uh, and we didn't want to take away from our weekly stuff. So we had already planned we were not going to open the first week, the last week of April. We were going to open the first week of May because we picked up an extra week in August that we didn't run last year. So we didn't cut anybody out of races, and that's our selling point. So it's like a bonus. We we didn't cut any races out for anybody. 
So this chance came about, and Scott had an opportunity to go out to two or three more tracks, and uh, and we had been talking. We we talked for the last couple of years, and uh, he said, "I got this chance," and especially with the junior late models, he says, "I think we can really make this work." So we got together and and uh, made a deal with him uh, to lease the speedway, which. You know, again, we were talking about the concert thing. You just can't lease it to anybody. Uh, we have great, great confidence in Scott uh, in his ability to promote. He's going to use most of our people uh, as far as right. employees and things like that. And our our people know him. In fact, a lot of our employees go and work for him when we're not racing. <laughs> so um, it, it's just a mutual thing for all of us. And uh, very enthused for Scott, very enthused for us. Uh, and it adds something to our fan uh, for our fans. Yeah, a little bit different because it's on a Sunday and it's in the yeah. afternoon. Yep, very, very. Yep, uh, we've ran a few Sunday afternoon shows. The last ones would have been the Enduros when yeah. we were getting a hundred cars a night for the Enduros <laughs> and Sunday afternoons. But it's been a while since we were on a Sunday afternoon, so we're pretty, uh, pretty enthused about that. But uh, three Gold Cup races: uh, Joy Fair 100, uh, Stanley Memorial 150, and the Level Pebble 200 which is the CRA Super Series and our Gold Cup plate models. So, and, of course, the school bus races are standing room, knock them down, knock out crowds. Just, Those aren't dying out anytime uh, soon. You know, about four years ago we thought, maybe this is going to die out. but <laughs> Maybe it's run its course, oh, but, but no. It's run its course, all right, right up the flagpole and it's still standing <laughs> up there waving at all of us. But it's just, you know, from uh, – being as old as we all are and, and how much we have vested in this uh, business uh, and industry, you know, you just sit there and it aggravates you because you know how much hard work you put into doing your weekly shows and, and how much work your racers put into it. And you're like, well, and, and I've answered the phone for years. You know, we run Saturday nights and we get 75 to 100 cars, you know, and we put on a great show. Yeah, I only go to the bus races. <laughs> well, and, 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 you know, but that's, again, that's the world we live in today. These folks... Probably go to the Night of Fire at the drag strip. Probably go to Cedar Point twice, although with the prices now, it's probably once. Yeah. Um, you know, go to the bus races. Uh, maybe go to the monster trucks. You know, in the wintertime, they go to Ford Field or, or uh, the Huntington Center. Uh, so it, that's the world we live in today. And we have to entertain, entertain, entertain. So with some of the changes we made and, and the addition of the events we've had, we still... We still are going to do the hardcore racing because there is entertainment value there. Uh, the speed and the thrill at, at Toledo and the side-by-side and uh, rock'em, sock'em stuff at Flat Rock. And then you throw in the bus races and all the other hoo-ha that we run. Um, we like where we're at right now. We really do. Well, maybe you um, get a few of the, the people that come there for the bus race and be like, hey, yeah. I might have to check out some of this yeah. weekly and, stuff. And again, the, the only thing we can't do is, is take care of the weather. Yeah. Last year, and this is fact, all of our big races at Flower and Toledo, and including the bus races, it either got rained out, we had a rain delay during the event, or it was 99 degrees. Well, and I'm I, talking every one that, of our big That events. goes back to Pearsall's statement oh, about uh, the days that'll kill you are the two days. Yeah. Too hot, too cold, too wet. Um, <laughs> but you still have to put the show on Absolutely. because... Yeah. yeah, because that's what you do. Yeah, uh, And the nicest weather we had was September... 15th for the glass city 200 and i can tell you right now it was 75 degrees during the day and it was 62 at night and it was absolutely gorgeous and we had a great crowd and it was a great show but those are the things that you're up against uh we are all up against needless to say it was a tough tough weather year for anybody that had an outdoor business yeah i'm sure the marinas and the party stores along the lake and all that took a big hit too 
Well, I forget how many races Oakshade There was, there was enough, and I remember I think you a lost lot of seven, hot nights. You lost like six of the first eight, didn't yeah, you, or something like that. Crazy. I remember talking to him crazy, a little bit. Crazy, yes. John Young uh, on our Facebook Live here once asked, uh, when will Flat Rock get repaved? When was, I don't um, know when the last time it was paved. It was repaved in 1999. So that was a while ago. Um, the racing is pretty darn good yet. The late models can run the side-by-side. Uh, we're real enthused about that. We made a rule change. Uh, John, we are going to a bigger tire for the very first time on our support divisions. Right. Figure 8, street stock, factory stock, and late model sportsman. They'll now be running the Hoosier D800, which almost every track, every track in the state of Michigan is running them now that runs Hoosiers, and every track in the state of Wisconsin according to my friends at Hoosier, <laughs> are also running this tire. So they're going to get a half inch more of rubber on each corner on the racetrack. Uh, the sidewalls are better. Uh, more repeatability. We did some testing with them, and we really like them. I think what it will do is the tire we were on, and, and you guys can attest to this, the tire we were on was was hard enough that it didn't matter what you did to your car, you were only going to go so fast. So that was the case for everybody. So there wasn't much separation. Now, with this tire, if you work on your car and you understand what your car is doing and you can parlay that into what you're going to do with your tires, we should get a little bit more separation and should get some better passing. But, John, I do agree with you. Uh, We were very concerned about our street stock show. They are great races. It was very tough to pass. The guys tried like heck, and uh, they did a great job. Uh, you know, and we did some different things with that. Uh, we treat the track we have every year for the last, every Saturday for every Saturday race for the last three years. We're going to continue to do that. But uh, we have uh, we have confidence that uh, going to the, the bigger tire, uh, the wider tire is going to help our show. Any uh, any thoughts about doing, uh, are you familiar with the Grocery Getter Classic they do at Bearfield? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any, any thoughts about yeah, doing an event like that? Um, at either Toledo or Flat Rock? Not at this point. Okay. Uh, but I like the concept. I think it's good. Uh, he had a lot of growing pains with it, from my understanding. <laughs> yeah. uh, He's got a lot of copycats, too. Uh, yes. Oh, sure. Sure, you're going to get that immediately. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, we talked to Dave a little bit. We're we're on a first-name basis with him, as we are probably sure. most promoters. Uh, um, but but we talked to Dave about it, and he, he went over some of the pitfalls and, and things that happened and, and, and things like that. And, uh, you know, he may be onto something. We've know? had him on our show a couple of times. Yep, he's and, a good he, and, and he's really open with, with he what he did right and what he did wrong. And Very much. He's running the main event late model series, and we're right. co-sanctioning two races with him, one at Flat Rock and one at Toledo. Uh, as we continue to uh, put our support behind the Outlaw late models, um, Kalamazoo's running them 11 times. We're running them 11 times at Flat Rock. Uh, three times at Toledo, which includes the Glass City, which will be a Gold Cup point race for the very first time. Uh, and everybody else is one or two uh, here and there. So we're all trying to stick together. We all have the same rules package. And if we can just stay on there and, and uh, at least solidify things, there's enough guys out there right now. Uh, if that continues, that remains to be seen. Has the uh, the ARCA-NASCAR merger, has that affected uh, yeah, I changed my email address and screwed up my computer for a while. Uh, but yeah, uh, the NASCAR, the Ron Dreger, the president of ARCA mm-hmm. and my boss, sold the ARCA Touring Series, which is now the ARCA Menard Series. He sold that to NASCAR. It has nothing to do with Flat Rock or Toledo. Now, is ARCA still owned? ARCA is owned by NASCAR. It's a okay. NASCAR property. We are still ARCA sanctioned at Flat Rock and Toledo. Okay. They bought the name and the assets. They like using that name. They want to continue to use that name. 
So when Ron asked them, so do you want us to use that flat rock in Toledo? And they said, absolutely. So we'll still call them the ARCA late models, figure eights, street stocks, late model sportsmen and factory stocks. Uh, all that is still ARCA sanctioned. Um, other than that, nothing has really changed at all. Uh, it is an, uh, a NASCAR property. Ron Dreger is running the ARCA series just like he always has. Everything is being done out of Lewis Avenue. He booked all the races. They put together all their sponsorships out of there. And their work staff, uh, their full-time work staff, is located still in Lewis Avenue. And all um, of that changes 2020? I don't know yet. Uh, but, yeah, by the end of this year, the end of 19, that decision, uh, I think it will be made before then. But if there is going to be a change, it will be at the end of this year. Um, don't know where it's right. going yet, but uh, the original plan was, yes, uh, at the end of 19, this would all change. But, um, you know, I, I have not heard any conversation about it. We haven't even talked about it, really, to be honest with you. But it's an asset thing uh, and the name. They like the name and they want to keep it. The CRA series is still going to be ARCA sanctioned. The ARCA Midwest Tour is still going to be ARCA sanctioned. Uh, and if you think about it, it's good for NASCAR. It really oh, is. They need to continue to make ARCA strong and you know, the first thing that got done is they come out at Daytona at the driver's meeting and they announced Menards is now the title sponsor for five years. So anybody that thought, ah, oh, Drager sold Arca and, you it's know, he's going to walk away and he's going to wave as he goes away, that's not happening. He's still there. They've got a new sponsor. Lucas Oil just re-upped for Daytona, uh, for the Daytona race at Arca. So, you know, th there's a lot of good things coming out of this already with the association and being purchased by NASCAR. And and I think as it goes down the pike, more things obviously are going to come to the front. Um, they're teaming with the K&N East and K&N West, West Series in some way, shape, or form. There's a tier of, of races, and they're going to try to run uh, a the group of races. The last 10 races, yeah. Yeah, and then they're going to try to run a group of races where they're going to come together and run. There'll be, I don't know how many there's going to be in 20, but there's supposed to be a K&N East, K&N West, and I don't know if it'll be K&N, and then the ARCA Series which will still be 20 races as long as he can sell them. Um, and but The last be, 10 are all supposed to be short tracks. Well, there's 10 the, races that are the short track challenge throughout okay. the year. And there's so there's going to be a separate point fund and championship for that. Mm -hmm. There'll be one for the East. There'll be one for the West. There'll be one for the Arca Series. There'll be one for the Super Speedway Challenge Series. So there's all these little factions going on, which a lot of moving adds parts. up at the end. And, yeah. and, and honestly, the Menards thing is going to be good for the teams. Uh, um, I have not seen any numbers at all, but I know it's going to be beneficial uh, for the teams as they move on down the line and at the at the awards banquet. I'm sure. Right. Needless to say, well, we need to to get moving here. So I, I just have one last question for you. You're a basketball fan. Who's going to win the uh, the tournament? Nah, don't do that to me. <laughs> if uh, what, if Zion's going to play, I don't see how you can beat him. Although, you know, you just don't know. You I don't. Really know don't. About I, I watched today. It was fun uh, watching what. Watching the things that happened today in Nebraska, uh, whoops on uh, Marlin, you know, playing with six scholarship players and they played seven players and they and they beat they beat Maryland, who is a very very good team. They're ranked in the top twenty five. So I don't know. It's fun to watch. I love it. I wish I could be in Chicago this weekend and wherever Michigan is next week or Michigan State. But uh, we're we're very lucky. We got. I hope Toledo does well. They they got a good team. They really do. But Buffalo is so good. Okay, I heard them. Uh, they were playing. They played across, across uh, in the other studio over there. They were uh, on. I don't know if they were winning, but no. Oh, okay, Scott Schultz, uh, thanks for coming in. Thanks, uh, good, I really appreciate yeah, it. Good luck uh, this season at both uh, Flat Rock and Toledo. And uh, yeah, I'm always out there for the uh, the Arca 
Super Series or whatever this well, we, the Arkham Menard Series. We appreciate race, you yeah. guys. I mean, Ron's in it for a business standpoint, needless to say. But you know, these are the kind of things that have to happen to make our sport continue on. Uh, there, there needs to be more of it, needless to say. And I applaud you guys for for being here and Kathy for you having to put up with them all this time. Fifty-three years. Scott. These are the kind of things that, that got to happen. And uh, by the way, our press conference is Tuesday at oh, the Holloway okay. Casino at one o'clock. Everybody's invited. Is there going to be on a the big stage? Uh, don't know. Uh, <laughs> Travis Braden will be there. He's an ARCA driver who's made his way up through the ranks. He is an aeronautical engineering degree from West Virginia. They actually sponsored a CRA car for a while. He ran CRA, and he's made his way up to the ARCA Series, and he's run full-time for uh, old open-wheeler guy, Don Fike. Right. Uh, but Travis is coming over to speak. Great young man. Great young man. So, uh, you know, everybody's invited. The public's invited. There's no charges going in unless you stop at the roulette table. Uh, <laughs> Don't do that. But, uh, yeah, if you, do, if you are, you can just give me your money, and I'll take care of it for you. But uh, it's at 1 o'clock on uh, Tuesday at the Hollywood Casino. Cool. I, I think I saw there's refreshments or something on there, too. I cannot divulge that. Yeah, oh. there is. <laughs> there might be. That's yeah, the part there, I there, was There'll be snacks, soft drinks, okay. and water, and iced tea. Yeah, um, yeah they've been very good to us. Uh, Hollywood Casino's been good to us. Very good. Cool. Uh, we're going to bug out of here pretty shortly and head down to the uh, Woodland Mall in Bowling Green. The race car's on display. The 30th annual show is going on down wow. there. That many years. Yeah. Yes, sir. So uh, loading in tonight, the show goes on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and uh, we're going to be broadcasting again live tomorrow, 7 o'clock. Uh, we, like I said, we got new special equipment. I did a little bit of testing, enough that so I'm fairly in, confident it's going to work. So <laughs> tune in to Hammerdown Racing Report V2 for this week. Not from the Ron Miller Race Car Studio. We're getting out of out of here it's gonna be and we've got some exciting equipment to play with tomorrow yeah. too so lots of buttons we might look really good or be totally confused we're not sure yet operator yeah. error is well, that what that's, you're going to use yeah. <laughs> that's why i'm going down there tonight to kind of scope things out so uh, we have a better idea but come on out say hi watch us uh, tomorrow if you can't make it out to the mall uh we'll be talking to a bunch uh, of drivers from tracks from all over if you're a racer or car owner yeah. even if you don't have your car there and you want to talk about sponsors want to talk about racing in general stop in and see us just don't talk too long because we got a lot of people to get to tomorrow. that's it we don't want to be there all night uh, but they don't have to talk to us Scott. you will be it's going to be cold so they'll all oh, be looking yeah. for something to do uh hot rod welding and engineering chris howard memorial dinner and auctions coming up uh the following weekend saturday march 23rd it's going to be at the marinci sportsman club uh, if you're interested in that and want more information, contact Danny Schaefer at 567-454-7166. I was going to go to that, but I'm going to be out of town that weekend, so I'm not going to be able to go to that. Uh, also that weekend that I'm going to miss is uh, opening night at Attica Raceway Park. Construction and construction Equipment and Supply Advanced Drainage Systems Night. It's going to be Friday, March 22nd, one week from tomorrow. Uh, if it's cold or rainy, it says rain date, but it, I think that's also snow or whatever. Frost. Yeah. Uh, it's they, Saturday. They'll run Saturday night, the, the 23rd. They're going to have the 410 sprints, UMP late models, 305 sprints. Gates are opening at 5, racing at 745 on Friday. If they go Saturday, it'll be 3 o'clock for the gates, 6 o'clock for the racing. General admission is 15 bucks. And Scott, we can't forget the Hoserville auction oh, Saturday down at the Woodland Mall. Uh, it's a benefit for injured racers. A uh, really great deal. If you have something you'd like to donate, uh, you can do it right up until auction time, which I believe is 2 o'clock? 3 o'clock. 
There, there was the there was that, that there, there was yeah i think i saw Dwayne change it to uh three o'clock okay. three to five so if you have something you'd like to donate that would be On great saturday afternoon if, if you want to bid at the auction uh show up at one thirty. so there's you a can, lot of people that show you, up you can that. you can look through see what you want to bid on and that's a great thing it benefits injured drivers yes like ones that injure their pinky yep <laughs> ring finger was it ring finger or pinky uh, uh, oh it was ring finger i'm sorry okay good ring finger is a little good. more serious than the pinky yeah <laughs> We'll be back next week. Uh, on the show next week, we're going to ha- talk to Ryan Sheets of Fremont Speedway. Uh, that track under uh, new management. Is that what we're calling it? Management operations. Close enough. So it's uh, Rich Farmer uh, stepped down. So a lot of exciting things they have going on out there, including the return of the All-Star Circuit of Champions. So uh, we'll be talking to him. Which we're never coming back. And Yeah. And, and again, forever isn't never, as long as it used to never be. Never was about four years. So again, join us tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, and then next week. Thursday night, 7 o'clock, Facebook Live. Listen to us on iHeartRadio and Scott, everywhere. we're headed to BG. HammerdownRacingReport.com. Check it out. Scott, thanks for coming in. Thanks again. We'll see you tomorrow night. Bye, y'all. You have been listening to the Hammerdown Racing Report from the Ron Miller Racecar Studio. Listen on demand on iHeartRadio. Have you ever wanted to know how to win a Formula One Grand Prix? I mean, really know. Know about the driver tactics from the cockpit, the strategy calls from the pit wall, and even the mind games in the paddock. There's a lot more that goes into winning a Grand Prix than just 90 minutes of racing. So every week on the F1 Strategy Report, we're taking a deep dive into the decisions that shape every result. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato, and every week I'm joined by an expert guest from the paddock to talk through the big calls that won the race and the missteps that resulted in bitter defeat. Before every race, we'll look back at the previous year's result and consult the current form guide, and we'll be in your feed after every Grand Prix, dissecting the outcome and what it means for the championship. So for your regular hit of Formula One analysis, subscribe to the F1 Strategy Report wherever you get your favourite podcasts. The Strategy Report is a beer mogul podcast on the Evergreen Podcasts Network. My name's Michael Laminato, and I'll catch you after the chequered flag.